Before we dive into this podcast, we want to introduce you to our sponsor, TylerMade. Established in 2008, TylerMade is a family-owned and run business built on traditional values of trust, honesty, and integrity. When you visit TylerMade's showroom, you'll experience firsthand their commitment to these values through their honest pricing with no hidden fees and service with a genuine smile. Each tile specialist is knowledgeable in all areas, from features and benefits to measuring and layout, ensuring you receive the best advice and service possible. TileMade's vision is to become one of the largest and most successful tile manufacturers of high-end quality products with a stylish and exclusive range of products distributed worldwide to both wholesale and retail markets. Their mission is to manufacture high-quality tiles and surpass expectations by offering competitive prices to an ongoing commitment to customer satisfaction and dedication to continuous improvement. We're proud to have TileMade as our sponsor and invite you to visit their showroom in Cooparoo or check out their products online at tilermade.com.au. Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. Well, you'd be forgiven for thinking the regular season was over with Teamless Tuesday serving up some surprises with at least two teams announcing sponsorships with Phonedin.com and Cancun Airlines. Here with me tonight is to discuss why you can't have too many Panthers, Storm, Warriors or Tigers players this week. It's Wilf. Hey Joe, it's uh I'm sitting here officially out of all my head-to-head competitions, even my draft competitions. I've just I've got nothing to play for except hopefully trying to chase down the top 1K overall-wise, and even that's taken a hit last week. So it wasn't a good week for me last week, only 12.26, but here I am to talk super coach and hopefully help other people do better than me. Just outside the top 3,000 now, mate. So you've really got to turn it around quick these last three weeks of the season. I had a better week, 1339. Uh, so that's kind of got me at th- up to 366. Firmly got my eyes set on the top 100 there. And Guy is a whole three points ahead of me. So managed to do him by about 120 uh, last week to catch up, but he's in 353. So. Yeah, I mean, some green arrows for some, some red arrows for others, mate. How do we turn it around this week? Well, I think it's just one step at a time, right? <laughs> no, it's cheesy. <laughs> but honestly, I think, you know, as teams get more and more similar and as people run out of trades, at the end of the day, you, all you've really got to do is now your start sits. Because if I did that the last couple of weeks, I reckon I'd be, you know, not first, but <laughs> I'd, I'd, have, I'd be a couple of hundred points ahead of where I am because yes. that's how many I've left on the pine. Yeah, classic for those who play NFL fantasy, a best ball league uh, where your, your best players in your lineup score points. But alas, Supercoach Classic, not so generous. Um, speaking of generous, mate, we've got our champs only bonus leader, uh, Reese from Thorns Legions, back in 48th, uh, stands to win 500 bucks as a bonus. We've you know been talking about it each week, but Reese and Rod, the coach of Team Bozza, they are basically taking turns uh, overtaking each other. So, Bozza, I think, was about four points ahead last week. Reese has beaten him by 15 points this week. So Rod's uh, in 52nd and Reese is in 48th and there's 11 points between them. So it's going to be a fascinating watch to the end of the season. And what's really, really cool is they're in the Discord talking to each other about what trades they're going to do, what they think in terms of start sits and just helping everyone else out. So, I mean, that's why we love our champs Discord, uh, you know, when – People that can be open and talk super coach like that. It's yeah, really, really cool. 
In fact, we've got 14 champs in total sitting in the top 1K, which is a, a decent number given the size of our group. Obviously, yourself being one of them. Uh, there's a push towards the top. We've got the Champions 1 League in ninth, Champions 20 head-to-head 1 in 15th. So a couple of our leagues that fallen away a bit, really uh, pushing back to the pointy end now. Also, the Podmasters Cup, which I'm in, is sitting in seventh overall. So that uh, overall first ranked league is definitely gone but hopefully we can push out push back to the top five at least and have a respectable back-to-back finish there anyway let's jump over to the news for the week all right a little bit of a sad note to start off with and that's jared croker long time super coach stalwart i've got fond memories of croker's uh you know 2016 season obviously but yeah, he's set to retire at the end of 2023. Look, I think we all knew it was probably about the right time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think it was 2016 the year he averaged about 70. He was far and away the best centre wing. And this is pre-PVL days. So um, 72. 72 was, was was absolutely massive. So um, yeah, stole of the game. Obviously one of the top point scorers in NRL history. Um, yeah, good luck to him. Um, no doubt he'll he's got a Raiders job for life there. But yeah, I do get the sense it was time to move on and, and let some of the younger blood have a crack. Definitely. And obviously there's been a lot of interesting signing news in the last few days. So Tino Fasua Malawi, a ten year, twelve million dollar deal with the Titans. And they've tacked on Dave Fafita for another three years. So basically he was signed until twenty twenty six anyway. He extended it early this year, but apparently the way the Titans had set set themselves up for failure was they tied both their contracts to Justin Holbrooks. So when he got the sack, both these guys became free agents again. But look, they they got themselves done in the end. Uh, Fafita, yeah, one mil a year until tw- end of 2026 again. So look, the last 10-year deal we saw was obviously Jason Tomololo. We're seeing what, I think he's at what, year eight now of that 10-year deal, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think seven. So I think there's three years to go after this. I could be wrong, but I mean, look, Obviously, a legend for quite a few years there, Tamalolo, but he's pretty cooked. And there's an awful lot of regret, I think, at this point, um, you know, up in towns where you've just got to hope that the, the Titans built in some get-out clauses after certain years, maybe after six years or eight years, you know, something like that, because it just props just don't age that well, right? I mean, it's hard for any sort of middle forward who gets through that much work, takes that much damage week on, week out, and to still do it for that many years at that high level that you're going to be paying, you know, someone over a million dollars per year for, it's huge. So, yeah, look, I I guess that's what the name that came to mind when I saw the Tino deal, thinking about Lolo and how he's absolutely, he was worth it the first five, six years even. But the last one or two years, I think it's the writing's on the wall and what's going to happen, you know, in two years' time, right? He's still going to be paid a million dollars, maybe coming off the bench playing 30 minutes. Well, the, the, the trick the trick will be when, if or when they lose a Reuben Cotter or someone like that because there's an extra kind of 500 grand that they'd love to pay someone like that, but it's tied up with Tamalolo. So, yeah, look, bit of a worry. That's the Cowboys' problem. Hopefully, you know, not that same issue with Tino. But speaking of middle forwards getting paid a monster, mate, um, Payne Haas, you've got to be happy as a Broncos fan. Look, it's not official yet, but... I think it's going to be confirmed sooner rather than later. Look, there's two different sources reporting exclusive breaking news here. Uh, and then I think 
Danny Weirdler saying three years for 1.2 mil a season. Uh, I think it was Channel 7 or something like that who said it was two years for similar money. But yeah, it's either way, it seems like a two or three year deal. 1.2 mil sounds like a lot, uh, obviously. It's same same as what Tino's getting. But I think when you break it down with the cap going up and, and again in the subsequent years, I think 1.2 mil is basically paying a prop, you know, somewhere around the 800,000 mark basically on the current cap. So it's a lot of money, but I think we're going to see, you know, the halfbacks and, and you know, even superstar fullbacks getting 1.5, 1.6 mil when Haas is going to be getting 1.2 in say 2025 or six in a couple of years time. So I don't think it's as much money as it looks like right now, but Man's got to get paid, right? He yeah. absolutely deserves it. It's the it's the same per year uh, as what Tino's on, but the Broncos are only committed to two or three years, where the Titans needed to to kind of put in a ten year stint to get Tino to sign, which you know obviously has all those issues. So yeah, much better uh, job by the Broncos that really turned around their kind of recruitment and 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 front office. Um, I'm just hoping we have no more Payne Haas speculations, no more Payne Haas going to the to Union or NFL or whatever. I'm just sick of seeing Payne Haas's name associated with contract and manager chat. Well, you probably got about four weeks grace the last time he signed an extension as well. So yeah, I mean, with Payne Haas, that's just what his management like to do apparently. So look, if you're sick of it, I'm sick of it. So we should probably move on to some of the injuries from last week. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a football injury before, you wimps? Let's go. All right, so there's a bunch of concussions. So Ben Travojevic, after getting the start finally, man is cursed. He cannot stay on the field. So so he's missing this week due to concussion. Uh, I think it's not his first this year anyway, so that might be something to keep an eye on. Brad Parker also missing this week as well. Jerome Luai and Mitch Kenny were late withdrawals. I think Luai was just due to illness. Mitch Kenny might have just been general soreness. I think it was a basically a chance to rest him effectively. So they're both back on board. No injury concerns moving forward. As I mean, we talked about it last week, right? Sam Verrill's getting shut down for the year now. Tanner Boyd and Aaron Clark have both gone in for surgery as well. So they are also shut down. Uh, we'll jump ahead to the Dolphins as well because they are also shutting down all their players. Marshall King was always a matter of when, not if. Uh, so he re-aggravated that shoulder injury. So he's done. Ray Stone also done for the year, but he also copped a two-game suspension. So I imagine that was convenient timing there. The Dolphins staying with them. Connolly, Lemuelu, and Kenny Bromwich both out with concussion. And yeah, I mean, we'll come to it in team list, but it's an interesting team for sure. Mitch Moses also gone for the season with a cheekbone fracture. So now they don't have arguably their best player and most important player in their halfback. So uh, no doubt we'll have a chat about that as well in teams. Andrew David also with a concussion concern. With the Warriors, so obviously very super coach relevant given their run home and we've been you know talking about them for ages. So Wade Egan did have to go to hospital, bit of a throat concern, cleared any serious injury and he's been named, so that's good news there. Now, Sean Johnson, interestingly, he's dealing with a quad issue. So he was obviously, he played the game and had a good game again, but he... Took the first goal kick and then he stopped kicking and handed the the tee over to Adam Pompey. So basically, from my understanding, uh, he's okay to play with the quad issue, but he's not always going to goal kick, depending on how he feels effectively. I I could be wrong, but I thought Pompey only took the wide out ones, or did he give it up completely? 
I'll have to double check now you yeah. raise it, but I don't recall seeing SJ take any uh, aside from just the first kick that he, he went for. Maybe have a look at that one uh, and we'll come back to that later because obviously that's going to be quite impactful, I guess, for SJ uh, for, you know, when you've got Cleary and, and Nico obviously still doing well there. For Noah Blake, obviously fantastic season for him and still going, but it looked like he hurt his ankle as he was scoring that try. So something to keep an eye on. He's obviously been named, so you expect him to play, but it may limit him if there's any other news that comes out. Now, Chan's named to play, but it's his third concussion. We speculated whether he was going to play or not last week. I think there's still need to monitor that basically because he's still got to make sure he's passed all the protocols and gotten clearance and all that type of stuff. So one to watch for sure. You were right on Pompey, by the way. Uh, SJ didn't take the kicking tee back. He took all the goals. So sorry about that. That's okay. That's why we check these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, With the judiciary, just uh, we talked about Ray Stone, but the other guy, Jacob Preston, two games out for that hip drop tackle there. Yeah, that's rough timing, especially for those who patiently held him. I rage tilt traded him to Scott Sorensen a couple of weeks back, so that ends up being a good decision somehow. <laughs> Did you hold Preston? Uh, no, I, I I really wanted to, but I moved him on after the after the last buy. So yeah, he was one of the you know not in. If he's in your final seventeen, things haven't gone well for you. So yeah, managed to move him out, but um, he was. I think he's should be a rookie of the year, played that many games that well, absolute standout at different times. So, yeah, it will be a loss for the Bulldogs. But I think unlike some of these other teams, the Bulldogs will continue to to go pedal to the metal. It just They just don't have the talent this year. I think they have to, right? Because there's a lot of guys in there who are basically trying to prove themselves to, to hopefully you know, audition for a spot next year or basically just redeem themselves in the eyes of the fans, especially like someone like a Billy Cacao who – missed most of the season right and he's meant to be their star signing this year so i dare say he's gonna want to you know finish with the bang I, I don't know if preston is ruled out from being rookie of the year by the way because of the suspension i'm oh, not sure yeah. if there's something like that but yeah i mean i outside of the suspension i'd agree he had a very good case for that but fines wise there's about nine players who are free to play uh it's worth noting that fafita has now had two offenses for shoulder charging so I think if he gets another offense there, he might actually have to miss games. So one to keep an eye out there for. Anyway, uh, let's jump over to the teams. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. Alrighty, teamless Cowboys Sharks. Cowboys back from the bye uh, for the Thursday night game, which means uh, you've got drink waters, yeah. Uh, Jeremiah Nanai, who's back on the edge, uh, are fairly good options up against the Sharks. The Sharks have bounced back, though. Um, uh, no real changes to them. Hazelton comes back on the interchange. Some outside back movement for the Cowboys. Kyle Felt comes back onto the wing and pushes Tuvalungi into the centres because of Val Hines' suspension. You, if you've got Drinkwater, you're playing him right. Will, obviously, if you've got Hines, you've got Nicara. Uh, are you playing Mulatalo this week? I would say yes, because he's going to be up against Carl Felt, who doesn't mind jamming in and leaving his wing unprotected. So I don't mind that at all. I I think they did run with the Talangi and Felt combo pre before their buy in round 23. So it was a bit of a late swap in after Val was suspended. So I think Felt did quite well. And if you're talking about like a late season 
you know, real sneaky pot. I think Carl Felt actually might be a name to throw out there because it's not fashionable, but you look at the scores, he's getting it done because Drinky's feeding him with uh, the way they've had to restructure their attack a little. They're going down the right a little bit more uh, with no Val on the left. So, yeah, not not banging the <laughs> banging for Felt to be brought into teams, but a bit of a sneaky pod who because. Who the hell's going to bring Carlfeld into their team, right? <laughs> well, not for seven hundred and eighteen k. I don't think they are, mate. But um, I guess it's a the pod of pods, right? Warriors Seagull. So obviously, we talked about the implications for Egan and Sean Johnson. The biggest news, though, uh, Charles Nickel Clockstad has been named a uh, convenient price drop for those who weren't owners previous to his last concussion, and Bunty's uh, in at prop for Barnett. Um, and music to any Warriors fans is Morgan Harper named at centre and Tuolung is on the edge for Burbo. I think this will be a big game for the Warriors, mate. Is is it the kind of thing that you bring CNK in despite the concussion risk? I don't see why you wouldn't. Like it's it's going to be such a, a good matchup for him. And I mean, yeah, look, there is obviously that concussion risk, but we thought that after his last two concussions, right? So what's changed after his latest one. I don't think there's anything. If he cops another one, he's gone. Like there's only a couple of games left. So he's still a, a great trade in. You just got to hope he, like much like Ponga, doesn't get hit in the head basically. But yeah, I mean, DWZ, great option this week up against uh, Vega. Is that how you pronounce it? I, I think, think so. so. And and obviously DWZ does a lot better when chances in the side as well. So it could be by osmosis, you know, moving to DWZ because Chance is back um, just as a slightly safer uh, option from that perspective. Um, not much going on at Manly at all, mate. Um, I think that pretty much sums it up for that game. Eels Roosters, though, much more intrigue because... We've got a new edge named for the Eels by the name of Jermaine Hopgood, which is going to throw some cats amongst the pigeons. Uh, Mitch Moses out. Arzi's been named in the halves, which obviously has done plenty of that uh, this year. Sebo's back on the wing. Campbell uh, Gillard at prop and Joe O is locked in the scrum. What are you going to do with Hopgood, mate? I'm pretty sure I'm moving him on for CNK. I've got one tread left and I'm not sure if I'm going to use it on a trading Hopgood. Like, I could do Hopgood to Chance as well, obviously, but I think I, this is obviously very team specific, right? I could see myself just sitting Hopgood if he's on the edge. I'd like to know which side uh, Dylan Brown's playing on because I think that side's going to get a lot of ball. So if that is Dillbags is on the left and, and Hopgood's playing on the left edge, then it actually might potentially work out to his, to the betterment, right? Hopgood 80 minutes on, on the field potentially and, and getting plenty of getting fed lots of ball from Dylan Brown, that could be uh, an actual bonus for him, but I'd want to see what side that that happens to be on. So, yeah, we've talked about the Eels having a really tough end of season, so I I can't pick this game, honestly. Like, do you think the Roosters are actually better or have they just come up against some not-so-good teams the last couple of weeks? I, uh, I mean, I'll split the difference. I think the Roosters have been a little bit better. But um, I also think the Eels are going to be worse, right, uh, without the best player and, you know, a whole bunch of positional shuffles. So, yeah, Hopgood, hop I think, out for me because obviously the round 27 by we're going to have likely to be a decent amount of resting um, from teams that can't kind of improve their position. 
in the final week. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to kind of take the almost 700k and move him on. For the Roosters, the only real change, uh, Angus Crichton, welcome return onto the interchange. Sam Walker's at 18th man. Uh, will be interesting uh, later in the week to see whether he makes his way into the side, but you've got to think that's you know a case of sooner rather than later and maybe that means slightly better things for the Joey Manu uh, owners with some better ball but um, Manu's been holding his own regardless um, How good was Drew Hutchison last week though? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess <laughs> it's holding Sam Walker out of the side <laughs> I know, I just he's got He's got incriminating evidence uh, on Trent Robinson and or his family. I just, yeah, he always seems to be in and around the side. Occasionally he does play well, but, um, yeah, that's not the typical uh, Hutchinson performance that, that we're all familiar with. Uh, Titans-Dolphins on Saturday, I said start all your Tigers. I think I mean it. Uh, they're 1-17, to but the Dolphins with all those outs, um, you've got Bostock and Robert Jennings named in the centres. Robert Jennings, I think, last seen bombing the unbombable try uh, a month or so ago. Ewan Aiken's onto an edge and uh, Graham at hooker for Marshall King. Somehow the Tigers this late in the year, dead last, uh, heavy, heavy favourites. It's incredible, isn't it? But, I mean, it makes sense, right? You look at that Dolphins team and it's not, it is not good. So I don't mind. And... I think part of the Tigers doing better is actually because they've got Dane Laurie playing at 5'8". He's actually been quite impressive since taking over. So dare I say it, you know, 462K, he's fullback only, but I don't mind him as a bit of a smoky pot, especially if you want to jump on this week. Because, yeah, I mean, 106 out of 98 in the last four weeks. Sure, there's a there's an injury affected 17 in there and a 38 and 62 minutes as well. So... That's probably the more of the issue that he might not make the full eighty minutes, but against this matchup, like he could definitely score some points. Oh, that that would be head to head specific inform- uh, kind of information if you're behind in a matchup and you need the hail mary. Um, I think that's you know we, we are going to be naming some super pods kind of as we go along, and and I mean obviously he's he's done the business so. And you know you, you certainly know that your head to head opponent won't be playing him uh, as well. So uh, with Marshall King being shut down for the season, obviously Harrison Graham named to start. Now, he's about 260K. He's got a negative break even, but look, that's not the issue. It's the fact that he is a stone's throw away from Sonny Luke. So this might be the eject button, if the last one potentially, uh, if you still have Sonny Luke there. And, and look, I, he's my do. Hang on. Let me, let, me, let me pull it up. Let me pull my team up. <laughs> Keep going. He's, uh, yeah, like I said, he's actually scored decent. He's played 55 minutes and 57 minutes. He's got a score of 62 and 52 as well. So he shouldn't be an AE nightmare the way uh, Sonny Luke is. And both those scores, like I think he had a line break in one, but otherwise he's getting 38 tackles, 49 tackles, like just a tackle bot. Not too bad, basically, as a player. So, yeah, if you can get there from Sonny Luke and you're desperate to get rid of him and you've got a trade or two to spare, Harrison Graham might be your guy. So I am desperate to get rid of him. Sonny Luke scored 36 and is still base price and tipped to lose money if that was possible. Um, I've got 45K in the bank going from Hopgood to CNK. Just oh, not enough damn. to go to Graham. Sonny Luke's just going to be the death of me. I'm, I'm, I'm just done with it. Never again. Yep, I'm stuck with him, I think. 
I reflected on spending all, all the money going from Sonny Luke to Blake Braley, you know, in the round 19 buy. I loved it in round 19 when Braley went well. I hated it for a couple of rounds when Braley was just, you know, dishing out a 40 or whatever. And then I benched him when he finally scored well again with this 88 last round. So, yeah, look, at the end of the day, I don't have to deal with Sonny Luke. So I, I still love that trade overall. Yeah, no, true, true. Uh, Titans Panthers, speaking of people that your head-to-head opponent might be playing, look at this Titans team. Uh, where do you start? Obviously, all those outs, um, you know, all those senior players put on ice uh, probably for the rest of the year. Uh, Kinney's at fullback. You've got Jaden Campbell at six um, and a halfback called Weaver at seven. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, Tino locks the scrum with Fodawaker coming back, but... Wow, there's some holes all the way through that Titans team. Um, Luai, Kenny and Peachy return for the Panthers. They're almost unbackable favourites with the bookies. I think this is going to be a cricket score. It's hard to argue, right? And this is where, like, I've been pretty comfortable with not having Cleary, and I know it sounds weird, right? But SJ and Nico, they've been doing a job. Cleary's been going really well as well, but I've been okay not having him. This is the first week where I'm actually going, I've got one trade left. Do I trade one of my halfbacks to Cleary just because that team is is absolutely disgusting from the Titans? And look, it's it makes sense, right? You've got guys that you do need to shut down because they're busted and you need to get them ready to go for next year because they've got nothing to play for this year. But yeah, it's not a not a great, great team there. Okay, well let's let's say then you've got either you can't afford Cleary or you've already got him. Ryan Toto, 775k. He's almost unreachable if you don't have him. Who are the kind of Panthers that you would want to back in if you were spending your last couple of trades? Because I'm in that position as well. I've only got Cleary, and I, I think I need more shares in the Panthers because, boy, oh boy, this could be, you know, I think it will be a cricket score. I mean, is it a, do you dip back into a Dylan Edwards at 490k? Is it Stephen Crichton at 570k? Because if they do go big, Cleary will get a rest and Crichton will start goal kicking. There's even Tyrone Peaches down at 480k. Is there, is there a cost-effective Panther that you can look to get uh, if you strap for cash this week? The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whoever you can afford, the best Panther you can afford. Uh, if you've got the trades, I think you're, you're looking to bring them in and just get a share of that back line. Pretty much, right? Like, it, it will depend on positionally. Like, I'm even going, well, I've got Brendan Pekura on the buy. He's now an AE nightmare. Do I try, use my last trade to get rid of him, turn him into Tyron Peachy for a week or whatever? Although Peach might be his own AE nightmare later. But, yeah, it's it's kind of that type of game where, like, this could be 70. Uh, and and you, you mentioned who Thomas Weaver was, and I just thought, like, I do remember writing about him in the Mega Guide at the start of the season. <laughs> so he is a former Australian schoolway halfback, mm-hmm. and there's been a bit of hype for him. He earned himself an upgrade to the top 30. So I think they've, um, they have long-term plans, especially with, you know, Kieran Foran, obviously, only there for, I think, one more season. So I think that's probably, you know, talk about a baptism of fire, right? Straight up yeah. against... The Panthers with this busted, busted team. Probably an upgrade on Tanner Boyd, to be fair. Uh, Dragon Storm Saturday at Wynn Stadium. Lomax is back at centre. You've got two Molos uh, in the middle for the Dragons with Francis back at prop, pushing Michael to lock. Uh, Murdoch Masilla on the interchange. Storm a 1-17. They looked amazing last week. I think this could be another, yet another flogging this week. 
Well, you're talking about bringing in Panthers and stuff like that. Uh, I was thinking, well, you know, the other alternative, if you can't get like a Brian Tor or whatever, is maybe you find someone from the Storm because they could put up. They didn't quite get to the 50 mark last week, so maybe they're itching to do that this round. Elias Katoa, 511K, is the perfect mid-pricer uh, for that. Even Nick Meany at 549K. Um, forget Pappenhausen. I think Meany stays fullback for the rest of the regular season. Maybe except for round 27. I have a feeling that that's going to be Pappenhausen playing fullback because mm-hmm. it's the Broncos and Pappenhausen loves playing the Broncos. So I think he's got something like seven tries in two games against them. <laughs> something ridiculous like that. I mean... Just imprinted in my brain when Pappenhausen scores three tries in 11 minutes. No, four tries in 11 minutes. That's right. Oh, well, I just think it's the storm against the Broncos in general, right? Yeah. Um, particularly in Brisbane, there's uh, yeah, a bit of a sad and sorry history for the poor old donkeys. Um, I think, yeah, look, I, I think obviously there's not much going uh, doing at the Dragons. I think that they probably have surprisingly given it a fair crack uh, in the last few weeks, but they're just going to be outclassed and every chance that heads start to drop. And I, I don't think it's kind of going to be a Panthers-Titans situation, but I don't think anyone would be surprised if the Storm go north of 50 as well. Knights-Rabbitohs, though. I mean, Rabbitohs really... The, the, all the Supercoach popular Rabbitohs have been going okay without kind of, you know, putting serious tons up, which is what we all had them in the side for later in the year. The Knights, though, uh, welcome Bradman Best back to centre and have been playing very, very well. Uh, Rabbitohs are basically 1-17 to 17 with Cheekam back on the interchange, being their only change there. Um, Rabbitohs round 26 by, I don't know if there's that many points in this one, mate, but, you know, if you were pushed and you wanted to get a, a Panthers player in or, or one of your Storm guys, do you look to move on an Alex Johnson or a, or a Cody Walker or a Cam Murray? I think it's an, a genuine option because the Rabbitohs have just been really unconvincing multiple games now. And I thought it'd get better, but it's not. So I'm a little bit worried about my my Bunnies players. I've got Campbell Graham and Cody Walker. So yeah, it's yeah. I, I tend to think last round. I mean, they still won twenty six fourteen while looking like pretty crap basically against the Dragons of all teams. So I do think. The travel is getting to the Rabbitohs. They are doing a lot of travel and obviously in more travel this game. So I don't mind it. I do think this could be you know a little bit of a shootout in a sense that like both teams aren't defending all that well right now. And you know, we definitely know both like the Knights can put on points even. I mean, they, they have Hastings still. So it looks like he's not, his, his ankle injury is not as bad as first thought. So good on them uh, for having him back because he's been so good for them. Like it, Pong has been fantastic, but I think a lot of it's come off Hastings' work. So I don't know. I I tend to think it can be an option to trade them out uh, because this is not – it's not going to be a, you know, a 50 score for the Bunnies. Yeah, and when their dream run is over, the much-vaunted dream run, and I think when we started talking about South's uh, run home, we included – the Knights in there and then the Knights obviously started to really turn things around and, and turn it on to the point where they're favoured this week. Um, so it's Knights by and then Roosters in in the final round. I don't think that's necessarily a great or bad thing, but you're yeah, definitely missing next week. Uh, might be problematic for some people, particularly for the head-to-head grand final. So last game of the week, Raiders-Bulldogs, um, Croker's back uh, for the final few games of his career in the centres. 
Bulldogs, even more injuries. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, as a Bulldogs fan, you know, we were thin and we were young uh, in the roster and then all of our experienced players just injured for most of the year. It's it's, it's pretty crazy. So Waddell's on the edge for Preston who's suspended. Uh, Ryan Sutton's uh, back fit at lock and Luke Thompson and uh, Raymond Fatalamara are on the interchange. But I don't think, I mean, the Raiders are just probably the most out-of-form team in the comp, it feels like. I still think they're going to, you know, do fairly well against Bulldogs this week. Yeah, I tend to agree. And, like, the bookies also agree. Like, they're currently, what, $1.34 favourites against the Bulldogs, despite almost conceding 50 points to the Storm last week. And the Storm never looked like they were getting out of second gear. So the Raiders just had nothing at all. I definitely think... You could take a punt on some Raiders and, you know, especially for head-to-head, like last game of the round, if you're desperate for a matchup, uh, you know, a, a Hail Mary pod to try bring in or whatever, you could look at someone like a Kotrick or even a Rapina, both who were pretty gross last round. Yeah, let's not, let's not talk <laughs> Nick Kotrick. Uh, and, and Rapina, I'm surprised he wasn't binned the way he was mouthing off. But He was um, binned. Oh, yeah, of course he was. Yeah, that's right. Um yeah, yeah. Who, who knows? I, I just, I just stay away from all the Raiders. Most, most people, I think, have Tarpane, so he's that kind of third uh, front rower. Payne Haas is off this week, so you know if you've got him, you're probably forced to play him. But otherwise, I'd stay away. Even uh, Corey Hallsbury's five round average is down to fifty one. Um, you know, down from the kind of mid seventies from a month or so ago. So, yeah, Tarpane is probably the only guy to even look sideways at this week. I mean, you talk about potential trade-outs. Like, I'm wondering if Tarpane is a trade-out over Hopgood. Uh, I'm not going to because Tarpane doesn't have the round 27 buy, but it was pretty unconvincing last round that the Raiders were not good. It was, and the only reason why I'm, I think I'm playing him this week is because Haas is out. He's a sit for me for the rest of the year and is an emergency kind of... Must be result. nice. Gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're, when you're in the top 400, mate, yeah. <laughs> there we go. You're there for a reason. <laughs> when you got Fanua Blake, pretty sure someone talked you into him, didn't he? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. They didn't take their own advice if they did. Um, oh, look, but it, it's been one of those funny years where if you didn't get on CNK at the right time, if you didn't, or Zarko or the Hammer or, you know, Hopgood or AFB, like uh, it's been a year of runs. Ponga, obviously. Um, as well so yeah i think that um it's not that there's a little bit of luck but i think definitely going a week early rather than a week late uh, has been the the tail of the tape this year yeah yeah definitely agree but i think that's plenty of chat on the teams we'll finish up with a quick update on the group competition thanks to our friends at tyler made who stand for excellence in wall and floor tiles so in first place we've got edwin the coach of lux for losers now in ninth overall that's closely followed by Frank, coach of Frank's Tanks in 15th. A really good place to be. Obviously, you know, tracksuit territory for Edwin and, and money as well. Frank only a stone's throw away. So good luck to both these guys uh, in finishing the season. Obviously, Edwin, if you manage to stick it out till the end of the year, 500 bucks from us as well uh, for finishing top of our group competition. For second to fourth, you can get a platinum subscription for 2024 to Rugby League Fantasy Pro. And their Platinum subscription includes access to all four of their fantasy apps, including Supercoach Pro, Fantasy Pro, Draft Stars Pro, and Punter Pro. It's valued at 90 bucks there. If you come 5th to 10th, you can get $30 discount to 
uh, Rugby League Fantasy Pro that covers basically the cost of Supercoach Pro or you can apply it to any of the other subscription packages. So jump over to rugbyleaguefantasypro.com for more info about what, what is offered. And thanks again to Adrian and the team at Rugby League Fantasy Pro for their generosity. All right, guys. Um, so, yeah, getting towards the uh, end of a very, very long season. If you're still in your head-to-head finals, uh, good luck this week. And if you're at the very pointy end of overall, then hopefully you're getting sleep, rest, nutrition, all those things that I know you start skipping when you're stressing out about uh, being close to the 50K. So good luck all, and we'll see you soon. Catch you.